Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Of course there should be a federal law against domestic terrorism. Shouldn't there be? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty right here on 95.5 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Although I got to warn you, this is my last Saturday from 3 to 6 for uh, the duration of football season. It's not so bad next week, 4 to 6. I'll be on, not 3 to 6. But today I'm on the full the full 3 to 6. And uh, let just wanted to let you know that Binkley, my producer, and I are um, going to make up the difference we're going to take up the slack we have launched a show a podcast we call drive time prop because it's an offshoot of the propaganda report and you can find it at thepropreport.com or your favorite listening platform and we put out 30 minutes jam-packed of the up to the minute news in time for drive time so we put it up every weekday by four o'clock and we've had a great response to it i think you're gonna like it and it will ease the pain a little bit of not having us on our regular time during football season but we are on the full show today we have uh so much to cover so so much to cover but i want you to know uh five o'clock we have a special guest my favorite local activist garland favorito is going to be on talking about the latest developments in voter and election law here in Georgia and the kind of broader implications, what, you know, this stuff can be hard to understand, why it's important can be hard to understand, but boy, he gets it and he takes calls and he answers the tough questions. It's always enjoyable. Even people not in Atlanta, I have said, oh, that's so interesting. It really explains the problem. And now people feel forearmed. So it's important. We're going to get to that. Uh, but one one thing I had to hit absolutely right out of the gate is a law that was proposed by Senator McSally, who wants to make domestic terrorism a federal crime. And the law is, I have real problems with such a thing. I think the, first of all, the law can be very vague. It doubles down. It feels to me like it, um, uh, is a, could be categorized as double jeopardy. I never like being charged with different crimes for the same action. It changes the kind of fundamental meaning of crime. Um, and it and it gives a lot of power to prosecutors. Almost all criminal charges re, are resolved through plea bargains. Almost all of them. The vast, vast majority, almost 100%. So that is a, it's a moral hazard to give prosecutors the kind of power that they can get you to negotiate even if you're innocent and because it goes directly to the first amendment it goes to how you try to it's actually in there that your crime is worse if it's in the in an effort to influence government that is in this act this bill so it it gives prosecutors a lot of power to say we're going to charge you with this even though we don't think it's a justifiable case. I mean, in their own minds, they can get you to stop taking political action because they have such power from these really 
severe sentences that are in this bill. And we can talk more about it. You can read it for yourself. It's only a few pages. But it really ties into what's happening today, the kind of news of the hour, something that reminds us of Charlottesville. And the 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 problem with this bill is, I mean, people on the left and the right should be worried about this, how they classify domestic terrorism. Last week, by coincidence or not, I had brought up a paper by the FBI saying that conspiracy theories are uh, can, under certain circumstances, be considered domestic terrorism. And in her bill, McSally proposes that any kind of material help makes you a criminal with the sa- facing the same kind of penalties. Now, the feds have successfully adjudicated that somebody not even like associated with al-Qaeda translated some of the things they wrote into English and that was considered material support even though the guy did not actually work with them. So something inadvertent like that can be considered material help. This is, I mean, could a conspiracy theory be considered material help? What I'm about to tell you right now about my opinion of what's going on in Portland, is that is that something that if this bill were passed, I should, would, would be worried about? I am a little worried about saying it right now because of all that. So, uh, but I want to bring Binkley in right away because he has been following this this story as it's been unfolding. And I did a little legwork, a little research. I have some opinions, but can you just give us like one or two sentences, Binkley, on what's happening in Portland today? Yeah, the Proud Boys and Antifa are meeting in Portland to try and provoke each other into a fight. Who are the Proud Boys? The Proud Boys are a right-wing group that if you had to identify them as a person, they'd be Archie Bunker. (laughs) Well, I did look up the founder let me tell you about the founder. The uh, founder, Gavin McGinnis, isn't he the founder or is he just the leader? He was one of the founders, I believe. Okay. So I was like, who is this guy? Because this is how I look at those things and how I thought of Charlottesville was that they, so there were people who actually objected to the Robert E. Lee, taking down the Robert E. Lee statue. They got permits, whatever. And then there were provocateurs on both sides, including an agent provocateur on the right who used to be on the left. And I would say this guy, McGinnis, kind of falls into that category. He used to be uh, an actor and a comedian. He was a self-proclaimed media prankster. He founded Vice media which clearly is not a a right-wing thing he was he's had the uh, handle the godfather of hipsterdom and i have here a confession he wrote in 2003 about how he acts left or acts right just to provoke people to prank the media and that they'll never find this confession of what he's really up to and that's his last laugh so maybe maybe this is maybe he is a true believer now but that i just tweeted this article from 2003 about what he wrote himself yeah he's a provocateur yes and and but is he a you know why what what do you think is the what is he provoking i don't know what his intentions are personally but i believe that the goal of this little battle today is to make is for both sides to make the other side look like terrorist organizations, domestic terrorist organizations in the media, so that it's the modern equivalent of the Nazi brown shirts versus the communist black shirts. Regardless of what the people in the groups believe, that's how it's going to be con- uh, conveyed. And that, and here's the thing: we talked about when we we first started doing a podcast together. Our episode four was called "Strategy of Tension." People actually don't go back and listen to them, so like our. Uh, we have much more popular episodes now, but I thought that was 
a really important episode because it talked about Operation Gladio, which was a an allied operation in Europe after World War II, where they left people behind because they were still afraid of communists communists winning in elections. So there were false flag operations conducted where people were killed and hurt. And it was blamed on communists, even though it wasn't. And that was all part of something called the strategy of tension, where where actually one of the definitions was keeping people on edge like that, people always on each other's nerves like that, was meant to promote the um, people to embrace martial law, martial law, where the government, where the military is in charge. But but the but now I feel like if there's a strategy of tension afoot, it is to promote this idea that government needs more authority and the left and the right need to embrace this for different reasons if that's what's going on. And I think we see it on the left and the right. Yeah, both sides are calling for the other to be labeled a domestic terrorist group. That's interesting. And and another way that we see this dialectic playing out of how the government should have the control and we shouldn't is last week with the El Paso and Dayton shootings. They came from different avenues. The El Paso shooter supposed to be was, supposedly was right. The Dayton shooter supposedly was left. And then out of Dayton, the theme was and I read it on the air last year, last week, was that cops were saying civilians or whatever they call us we're all civilians just so you know uh they that civilians shouldn't have the kind of weapons that could give cops a run for their money and then another element from a different corner was law enforcement are responding to calls and they're in danger so lo and behold in philadelphia six cops were shot by a guy who was you know according to them overarmed they were they were bringing a drug warrant to him we talked last week about somebody who died when a red flag law was being executed because they came to confiscate his gun so so if you're The libertarian in me wants to point out that these are home invasions. When they come to take your gun out of your hand, which is how that guy got killed, they are invading your home in a way that you consider to be unjustifiable. But that was the left. That was a way for the right to say the left is in danger. The cops need to outgun the civilians. I think that's what the Philadelphia and Dayton message is. And the El Paso message is white nationalism is domestic terrorism. And we need to disarm people that way. But everybody can agree that people are nuts and need to get their guns taken away if anybody drops a dime on them. That is the that is the upshot of this week and last week, in my opinion. That seems to be the uh, unanimous conclusion. Yes. So that's what the and and the strategy of tension, because it makes people worried, it always it is used to promote a a cry for authoritarianism, which you always say they want you to beg for your own shackles or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that a Bernays thing. Yeah. They they want us to beg for them to put us in change, beg for our own enslavement. And I and and this stuff folded into another story you told, which I we can't get to before the break, but I, I want to get to after the break or at the bottom of the hour about a an ice protest and a truck and the and how it folded in. In my mind uh, was that the with this like begging for it, the TSA 
had a slowdown at the airports around the country yesterday. And of course, they're like, oh, we don't know what's going on here. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you know what's going on. And Dean tweeted at me, great tweet as always from Dean, saying that now you'll you'll realize that you really need that retina scanner after all. You know, you're going to voluntarily sign up for, for all this, the super invasive biometric measures that they could not they could not force you to accept, but they can get you to beg for it. Right. So that's how, I mean, I don't you feel like that is, maybe I'm too far down the rabbit hole? I don't think I so. think people are absolutely going to buy into the convenience of retina scanners and having key fobs put into their arms, stuff oh like that. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was, uh, that was featured on our drive time prop this week. You should check it out, that's for sure. Check out our drive time prop at thepropreport.com. Uh, all right, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm open to calls, 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALKER. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wait a minute, this is the future. All the phaser guns. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Don't forget, WSB's Big Gas Giveaway is underway. 95.5 WSB helps you on your daily commute with triple team traffic. Now we're giving you more relief for your drive, a chance to win $500 or more in free gas. So go to WSBRadio.com to register. Then listen weekdays at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 4 p.m., and 5 p.m. When we announce your name, call and win. The first name will be announced this Monday at 8 a.m. So remember, listen Monday morning at 8 during Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. And you can also listen to Binkley and I separately, of course. Always take your WSB for news, traffic, weather, and the awesome hosts. But you can get your drive time update anytime you want if you go to thepropreport.com and listen to Binkley and I giving you 30 minutes of up-to-the-minute news for with a libertarian perspective and a, and a focus on truth and justice on top of all that. So we do peel away the... Uh, the the official narrative and get to the meat of the matter. And we're doing that with these Portland, Oregon protests right now. And Binkley, you just pointed out something to me that was kind of interesting. I had noticed that this guy, Gavin McGinnis, who is behind the group that is going to Portland, a very liberal place, bringing what are alt-right people or right-wing provocateurs and um, that's being answered by Antifa. And it reminds us of Charlottesville, which was two years ago, almost to the day, and you were telling me he that guy who's doing this founded Vice Media, which anybody who watches that is not knows it's not a uh, a right wing thing. Not Tell, in the least bit. Yeah. And so, what was his? What was the role of Vice Media last in the Charlottesville? Well, you remember the "You will not replace us" chance with the neo Nazis walking with fire sticks, which is the first time I ever heard that. I've never heard that before, and it launched a whole a whole um, new wave of white nationalism was there advertising that chant in that video. Very well-produced video. That was a documentary made by Vice Media. Yeah, okay. So what I'm saying is that I don't know if this guy is set up. I remember there was an agent provocateur in the Charlottesville scene, which was so mainstream, Rush was talking about it right here on WSB. So I know I was not too far off. This might be the same thing with this guy. We're going to talk about more of this after the break, plus the ICE attacks. Binkley's got an update on that. This is Monica Perez.
Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty right here on 95.5 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, although you know... When UGA Sports rolls around, I make way. Uh, we'll, we will be here 4 to 6 next week, next Saturday. But then it's kind of hit or miss. We will be on WSB. But if you don't catch the shows directly, you can go to thepropreport.com and find all of our shows, including our new Drive Time show, which is 30 minutes of jam-packed news from a libertarian's perspective every weekday at 4. So you can check that out. Another thing you should check out, we are talking about the there's been a lot of aftermath a lot of things unrolling as far as domestic terrorism goes even conspiracy theories gun control mental health laws over the past couple of weeks last saturday we went through what the real dangers are with background checks and black and red flag laws at least the way they are being proposed if you can still get a right to a trial by jury then i would consider mental health as being something that could get you forcibly incarcerated or forcibly disarmed, but only if you're held to the same standard as someone who's already committed a crime. So pre-crime shouldn't have a lower standard. It should have a higher standard. So I really lay that out. It's episode number 179 on com, And this these themes continue to roll out. We were just talking about the Domestic Terrorism Act bill that Senator McSally from Arizona brought up, but it really goes to acting um, in a way it actually says to influence a government and it includes material support and material support can just be online behavior. This to me makes an uncomfortable parallel with the FBI coming out saying conspiracy theorists could be categorized as domestic terrorists. And this brings us to what's happening in Portland right now. Uh, and I, and I, I think there that this event is I mean, to the extent that it it is conducted by agents provocateur just to get us at each other's throats, that actually, um, you know, I think that would be classified under this new proposed bill. But Binkley, you've been keeping me and us up to speed on what's going on there. You made a good point when we were chatting during the break about what what it, what is this? You tweeted something at me, um, a video. I retweeted it at Monica Perez Show. And I, I commented people were laughing like it's just something funny about it. And uh, what's your take on what's really going on there? I, I think they're there to fight. And I think they've been I think the people that are there and on the front lines there probably buy into whatever those groups propagate to them. And I think the smirking and the laughing is because they enjoy fighting. And I think or this the, is a media or they're nervous or they're gearing up uh, this. What that comment brings me to some of the stuff I've been covering recently that it's been a lot to digest. I, I read a few articles, read from a few articles. One was a 2000 year 2000 document that a from an army engineer school, some uh, one of the army schools on psyops, psychological operations. And he talks about how much easier it'll all be with the advent of the Internet. And he also talks at length um, or at least emphasizes 
the importance of understanding the psyche of the individual, how they operate and what groups, how important their group is to how they behave and what they think. And that dovetailed totally with an article I read a while back on the air in part about, uh, it was on courts.com, about Google, the original emphasis of Google, why the government funded it and started it was to have an ability to categorize people by birds of a feather, to understand, to to make people into groups and understand how their psyches work. And when you read that, in and that's around the same time as this paper was written about how you can, you can't, psychological operations, propaganda won't work on people if you don't understand their little subculture and how they operate. And I think what you're saying about these guys going at it there, I can say there's an uh, there's an agent provocateur at the helm. I think there is. That's my opinion. Uh, but these b- people being involved in it as true believers is totally consistent with these kind of psychological operations. Absolutely. And and the guy, and you also commented that you know this was made for made for TV events or made for media. It's totally been made for TV. It's been advertised over the past week, just like you would a television show. And now we're seeing the on the front line shots, and they've been doing coverage all morning leading up to it. It's like it's like a Super Bowl event almost. And they're giving it so much press. That's, I mean, that's a tell in my mind. And what, what is also a tell is that the guy who's running the right-wing thing, the Proud Boys, was, is a guy named Gavin McInnes who founded Vice Media. And Vice Media is the one who brought us the, the right... I think it came as if it were critical of the right-wing stuff when they covered the Char- Charlottesville event with, um, with a documentary. But it... It delivered the message that they wanted us to, that the right, that the supposed right wing extremists wanted us to take away, which was a message that I had not even gathered from watching Charlottesville, which was this weird chant, they will not replace us or whatever. Like, I just, it seems like they're delivering this. And this is the same guy. Yeah, it's the same guy who founded Vice Media and who also founded the Proud Boys. Right. And and you're supposed to assume that he like changed his mind. However, when I read this article in Gawker where he said he's a media prankster, he can go from left to right. He he makes stuff up and nobody ever catches him and you deserve it. Yeah. Now, McGinnis is not technically the leader of the Proud Boys anymore. He he did okay. step down. That's what I was wondering yeah. if, they, if he is still the guy. Um, and I don't know. I'm not trying to disparage the guy at all. I'm just reading th- this thing that he wrote and his Wikipedia page, which calls him an actor and a comedian, first yeah. and foremost. And and uh, the godfather of hipsterdom. I mean, this is not what you really envision as the people who feel like they need to re- re- to march into Portland because they they want to cause trouble with the most liberal people they could find. Yeah, I don't think that he is really behind an ideological cause i think that he just like you said he's he's a a spin doctor a provocateur and has real consequences i remember seeing i think an article about about the advent of vice media and i and i can't remember now i wish i had some warning here i i just wanted to cover it in real time but who funded that who originally started it because you know follow the money and you usually get to the answer 
But I'll have to try to find that. It was a big spread, like in the New York Times or something, about Vice Media. It gave those guys a lot, a lot of credit. And it popped up, you know, it popped up so fast. And it really got into that kind of alt stream or whatever, like uh, a millennial stream media Vice, you know, when I see stuff that just pops up so fast, you ha- you have to think there's big money behind it. Absolutely, this is clearly a well-funded. Or, I mean, look at the gear they're wearing. It's the no, but the even Vice Media, like who who's oh, yeah. behind them in the first place, and then yeah, and so you've got everybody in their costumes. The one guy looks like the progressive guy who's turning into his own dad, <laughs> and on the other side, they were all wearing black masks and hoods, like that flyer from the the color revolutions, the whole like how to be a hoodlum, like like literally wear a hood. Yeah, and, it looks like military gear. Yeah, that came, I remember years ago, it was some, was it the Maidan thing, like in Ukraine, there was some, or maybe it was Ferguson um, protests where there were these flyers being given out about how to dress, how to get away from the cops and stuff like that. And they were like the identical flyers that have popped up in squares around the world for color mm-hmm. revolutions, which are in turn have been attributed to George Soros. So like there's there's certainly a behind the scenes feel about this stuff. Yeah, this stuff is definitely the, the people who are going to benefit from this are the people in power on both sides. All right. Well, we've got a call from Susan who wants to talk about Gavin McGinnis, and I and I would love to. Susan, I'm going to you. You are on with Monica. Tell us what you know, because this is new to me. I'm just trying to figure this out in real time. Well, hi, Monica. And I think you know a whole lot more than me because I never researched him, but I used to watch his podcasts because he was on CRTV when it first launched. And I didn't know anything about him, and I watched them. And this was well before Charlottesville. And there was an event somewhere in the Northeast on a college campus where a conservative speaker was um, having an event. And his Proud Boys went in to kind of defend the conservative. And they got in a big melee, and people Ah, were hurt. There were injuries. Do you remember that? No, I don't. But don't did you do you upon looking back at that think that they served the cause well or not well? Well, at that time, yes, I did, and that's why I, you know, I was watching his podcast, and he seemed to me he must be a very good actor if what you're saying is true, but he seemed to me to be a real conservative. And but he was the type of conservative that like the, you know, the guys in the Marines, they like to kill people and break things that they like to do it for the conservative cause and be like the soldiers, the protectors. I can't impute those kind of motives on anybody from Marines to this guy, but I do get the sense that he's. He's a performer. I'm I, I only, yeah. only from what I'm reading here and the fact that his ideology has flipped around and he's laughed yeah. about that fact. So yeah. when I you know, so when you hear this stuff and you think um, that, OK, they go and it's like I was disappointed. You know, this is the last straw for me with Alex Jones was when he went on Pierce Morgan. Pierce Morgan wanted gun control. Pierce Morgan brought in Larry Pratt from Gun Owners of America. And very shortly thereafter, Pierce Morgan was run out of town on a rail. And I think Larry Pratt uh, ate his lunch. But Alex Jones got up there and literally started jumping around, acting like a lunatic, defending gun rights. And I thought this guy is not doing anybody any favor so what's up with him and then the same thing 
when I hear, okay, so there's this conflict on campus about conservatives speaking, and I always wondered why that got so much press, and perhaps it just it got press just to create conflict and make people look bad. And that's why I don't like it when they go in. I mean, we 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 don't have a lawless society. We have our governments of this country absorb something like 40% of the production of the GDP of this country is spent by the governments and the government has basic functions which it can perform. Look at the FAA. The the record of the FAA is basically perfect for over a decade. So don't tell me the government cannot do what it's supposed to do. You do not need vigilantes and militants coming in there. And both sides are bringing that. And I think that what they're doing is provoking a call that our government needs to be tougher, firmer. We need to give up some of our civil liberties. This is dangerous, in my opinion. Binkley, do you have a, a follow up on that? Or you? We I saw you like... Uh, emoting making faces i assume you're just uh enjoying the conversation <laughs> yes i am I, I was thinking about gavin mcginnis he did disavow the charlottesville thing i don't think that he attended it but there's speculation about whether he disavowed it before or after it happened and he's no longer involved in vice as far as i understand maybe he's not in this proud boys thing either you know maybe he's a seed you know the, a guy yeah. who seeds things the guy who apparently was the main promoter of it was a guy named joe biggs who used to be uh he used to be on Infowars. Okay, but there was a guy who Rush had fingered as a former liberal or something, as an agent provocateur in the Charlottesville story as oh, well. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I don't remember that guy's name, but I just remember, like, if that's when conspiracy theories and stuff started bubbling up to the mainstream, and I thought, that's why now when I hear one that hits the mainstream, Pizzagate, Seth Rich, I'm always like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. The real ones get buried. Yeah. So, And then if you read Cass Sunstein's story about cognitive infiltration to disrupt conspiracy theories by inserting stuff that doesn't make sense and you know i just feel like there's there's more psychological operations afoot than we can you know than than our ideology can account for uh this is monica perez taking your calls after the break 800 wsb talk monica perez no never give up never surrender on 95.5 wsb atlantis news and talk Binkley, uh, you wanted to clarify a couple of points for the listener on this stuff that is uh, we are um, breaking news and trying to sort it out. What were the two clarifications? Gavin McGinnis doesn't appear to be the organizer of this rally today, the one in Portland, the Stop Antifa rally. It appears that Joe Biggs is being, at least in the media, being labeled as the person who organized the rally. Okay, so I found Gavin McGinnis's name because I was looking up who are the Proud Boys, and I believe it came up that he was the founder. Yeah. And then the Joe Biggs thing, you were saying that guy has to do with this protest, and I was talking about the Charlottesville protest where there was a different guy who was labeled as an agent provocateur uh, by many people that was involved in Charlottesville. So there's a lot of, I mean, do your research. Everybody should look into this, but all, my whole point with any of this stuff is that these? I think these things are not organic, grassroots, spontaneous. I think they're going to be used to suppress our ability to engage in political speech, but I don't think that that's really what they're doing. I absolutely want to talk to Joel, but I didn't want to shoehorn him into this short segment. So, Joel, hang on. He wants to talk about 
Vice attacking Gab and Achan. Uh, we can get to you at the top of the uh, top of the hour. This is Monica Perez. <laughs> 